Oh my god, what am I doing? Hi, welcome to Just Thinking Out Loud. My name is Desiree. You may have heard about this case already. It's about James Younger, a seven-year-old boy who is caught in a custody battle with his parents. His mother, her name is Anne Georgias, and his father, his name is Jeff Younger. And his father, Jeff, has been trying to spread the word, and I think successfully so, as you will see, that his mother has been pushing for his son to undergo uh, treatment for transgender identity, which she believes that he has, but his father believes that he doesn't have, and particularly possibly being given puberty blockers in the future. This case brings up a lot of issues. It brings up culture and how that is influencing science and medicine, possibly corrupting them because people can't wait anymore to find out data because they're so into progressive ideas and making sure that people's feelings are taken care of at the expense of really getting proper data to understand issues that people may be experiencing. It also brings up custody, parenting, and the family court system because James is kind of stuck in between his two parents and going back and forth between them. And it also just brings up identity and how culture can influence how people identify who they are at the most basic level. So there's a lot going on in this case. So what happened? James's parents, Anne and Jeff, got married. They had children with in vitro fertilization, so Anne couldn't conceive herself, and they had a donor parents, and they had two sons. Anne already had two children before getting married to Jeff, and uh, the two sons were named James and Judas because they were both Christians. And <clears throat> what happened was that due to alleged married fraud on the part of Jeff, because he apparently, according to Anne, lied about his income, and also lied about his employment history and lied about how many times he was married. That is her opinion. Uh, there's an interview where Jeff goes into his side of it, which I think it's quite complicated, deeper than the, the issue of the transgender issue that's going on. So the court initially granted both of them custody rights. So not one person. However, for the mother, and she had exclusive rights to, after notifying the father, consenting to medical, dental, and surgical treatment involving invasive procedures and psychiatric and psychological treatment of the children. And the mother was also asking the court to force the father to affirm the boy's identity. So she was already dressing him in certain clothes and also having school teachers and people at church uh, have him come out to them and for them to affirm his identity as female. Apparently this began because James, the boy, identified with some of the female characters in Frozen. Also of importance is that at first he had wanted to be called Starfire, which is one of the characters from a show that has been bastardized <laughs> into an only cartoon version called Teen Titans. And so there's a character named Starfire in Teen Titans Go, which is kind of important because you see how quickly that can shift. There is a video online of James when he was three where his father is getting him to explain why he identifies as a girl. And it's obvious that he has an influence from his mother, but his mother, she also paints his nails and dresses him in a certain way. And he puts on a, a, 
<laughs> a towel with a headband around it to be a girl. Those were the initial court hearings before these recent events. And then for these recent events, Jeff's, Jeff, James' father, began to become concerned that his mother was going to use medical procedures in order to affirm, quote-unquote, James's. uh I guess Luna, which is which would have been his which would be his female's name identity. The court was gonna let her go through this because of the rights that she had for these invasive procedures that I quoted before. But Jeff made enough of a storm that people got really upset about it. And then the court ruled that okay, they both have rights now, although we're not exactly sure exactly what that means. And now he can't talk to the public he had a website that was up but it's not available anymore even though you can still see some of the videos and even further because the case got so much attention there are now uh congress men and women who are appealing for the case to be brought up um higher and also for a longitudinal study to be done by the federal system so the case got a lot of attention, which is good, and there's probably going to be more research done in the future. So that's what happened, and that is a short version. You can look at all the links that I'm going to put lower in the description, and it is quite interesting to hear um, James's father, Jeff, talk about being Christian. He talks about being called homose a homosexual, and that's because when he was in the military, he was actually defending a friend of his or someone he knew who was being uh, dishonorably discharged because he was gay and apparently and the mother's mom was also a gay rights activist back in the past and they um, talked about that at some point so whenever you hear one side of the story it it seems as if it's easier to believe the person who's telling their side of the story because regardless of what's going on with the transgender issue there's also the context of the parents possibly not being the best parents out there. Jeff talks about how he thinks it's wrong to have children out of wedlock. So I'm going to guess that he never really wanted to end the marriage, but it was on the part of the woman because he lied about his income, etc. He also says that they signed a prenup and so she actually did have access to all the information about what his background was. He also talks about something quite important where he says that courts have to maximize something called title 4d where they match child support and so they have incentives to have a greater amount to match this child support they want one person to not get the children so that one person has to pay child child support so that they can match that child support another thing that is interesting about this case is the free speech issue now that Jeff has been given a gag order and can't talk about it. That's interesting because the only reason why everybody knows what's going on is because he had to go to social media and tell the public about it. They probably would have let the mother do what she, whatever she intended to do, which was most likely, admittedly, that's what they said, puberty, uh, give James puberty blocking hormones. And... It's interesting because they say that puberty blocking hormones isn't a medical transition. In my mind, that's already a medical transition, but actually they're saying that it's going to delay um, what's going on at, when James would hit puberty. That's usually around 10 or 11 years old. So they plan to do something in the future, but 
actually that's going to have much longer lasting effects even if they're just saying they're not going to actually change anything yet and transition him into a female biologically yet it's just delaying with puberty blockers his onset of puberty as a male but obviously that's going to have even further consequences than that and then i wanted to put this in the context of the culture and so many people deciding to now identify as uh, being transgender. There were a couple stories that came out in 2018 about both males and females, but females in particular wanting to change their gender in adolescence and how that's probably influenced by their peer group and seeing YouTube transition videos, for example. They cited a 4,500% increase in these kinds of cases coming to the gender clinics in the UK. That sounds like a really out there number. And the actual numbers are that the number of girls that were being given gender treatment rose from 40 in 2009 to 10 to 1,806 in 2017 to 18. That's the number of females being referred to the national health system in the UK, but they also know that this is a trend that's going on elsewhere in the world. For both genders, the figures that show children being referred for gender treatment, including hormone injections, rose from 97 in 2009 to 2010 to 2,519 in 2017 to 2018. And a total of 45 of those children were aged six and under, with the youngest one being four. The thing is that people don't actually know what the long-term impacts of these treatments, particularly the hormonal ones, will be. I did talk about this in my video called The Rise of Transgender Children. For these studies in 2018, there was one from Brown University and there was an endocrinologist named Laidlaw who testified in uh, California who said that 63 to 98% of children who have gender dysphoria or gender identity disorder by the time they reach adulthood will have grown out of it. And he said that 70% of people who identify as transgender have some form of comorbid mental health condition. And that's something I'm really going to stress later on. That means that there's something else going on, usually some family trouble or other mental issues that they're dealing with beyond um, having gender dysphoria. There was another doctor, he's a psychiatrist named Dr. Stephen Levine, and he specializes in human sexuality, and he was a witness in the James Younger case, and he said that there's an 80 to 90% desistance rate if parents take a watchful waiting approach rather than the affirmative approach. And desistance means that they will, the child will eventually go back to identifying with their biological uh, gender at birth. So <laughs> the risks associated with the affirming viewpoint, which is what James's mother wanted, are much higher because people don't know what the lasting effects are because they don't have these studies that track people so far into the future also because a lot of this is new and also psychologically since they can't change their mind later even though there's a 80 to 90 percent desistance rate according to Levine and for Laidlaw is 63 to 98 percent change their mind when they grow out of it 
So those are two different statistics, and I wanted to know who these people were. One is an endocrinologist, so he deals with hormones and studying hormones and uh, giving them to patients. And one is a psychiatrist who specializes in human sexuality. Those are really high ranges of people who will change their minds in the future. Like I said in my other video, for adults, I think that they can do what they want beyond compelling people by law, for example, to conform to their worldview. But it's up to them if they want to do certain things to themselves. But for children, no. Children can't just go and buy cigarettes, for example, because those have lifelong negative consequences for them. Even in another context, ignoring the current trends and what we're supposed to place above everything else in our value system because it's progressive, it still wouldn't fly for you to make some kind of permanent change like that to a child. That seems really obvious to me, but when it comes to these issues, because they're such hot topics, it's like people just throw everything else out the window that wouldn't even work in another less heated context. Another thing about the context of this situation is that ultimately, James is being affected by a bad relationship and a broken marriage between his two parents. That's what's really going on behind all of this. They can't agree on their worldview apart from the obviously bad trying to give him hormonal therapy or puberty blockers uh, to delay possible hormonal therapy in the future and you know screw with his um development that's something else i talk about in my video which goes into the details of studies on puberty blockers this is what's going on behind there and that's kind of important even though i won't go into the details and i obviously don't know the family history so that's what's going on and then my takeaway from all of this the most important thing to me is the comorbidity issue, that there are other things going on. Wouldn't it make more sense to focus on treating other issues first before trying to change your identity in order to fix them? If in all of these cases, 70% of people who identify as transgender have other mental health conditions going on, I think it would make more sense to focus on those things than latching onto a current trend. Now, I think it's possible that there are people out there who really will always feel this way. And so you want to be able to allow them to make that decision when the time is right, which I'm sorry, I don't think you can make when you're seven years old. That's true. But there's also a lot more going on. And when it comes to a lot of these social justice issues, I constantly see this, people look for immediate answers that society is giving them for why they're experiencing the problems they're experiencing. And then obviously what some of these statistics show is that even after undergoing these treatments, it doesn't solve the problems. I would hope that these problems can be solved and I'm not even, I'm not trying to tell someone how to solve them if they wanted to do hormonal therapy treatment, but that doesn't apply to you when your brain, you don't fully comprehend the consequences because you're not old enough to comprehend them and you're just not. Something else that was mentioned that relates to this other than the issues at home is that a lot of people who end up wanting to do transgender therapy, apparently they've experienced some kind of bullying or homophobia in the past. There's a correlation between that occurring and then people wanting to become transgender in the future. So deciding to do hormonal therapy can be a maladaptive coping mechanism either for the mental issues at home or mental issues with 
you know, school, whatever is going on in someone's life, it could be a lot of different things or sexual abuse or all of those things that were mentioned when I um, read two different articles on this topic. Whatever it is, maybe, just maybe try and focus on working out those issues first before undergoing some kind of permanent treatment. So that's for both adult and children. Another thing is that, so what if James was identifying with female characters on Frozen. Something really weird about this transgender movement, and I've seen it pointed out, and I tried to point it out kind of convolutedly in my past video, is that it's really limiting the spectrum of what it means to be a certain gender. All of our traits are expressed on a bell curve. So whatever you think of as like a typical female or male being, you're going to have people that lie at different points, and that's normal. You know, that's uh, the bell curve is a normal distribution. So it's completely normal for, say, a boy to identify with certain female aspects of himself at certain times or moments. And the same thing for a girl. That has always happened and always will happen. And it's completely normal. Why is gender being reduced so much? The expression of traits from the biological sex like the pure biology and gametes and x x and xy even when those exist you can display a spectrum of traits for your personality or what you're attracted to as a male or a female and both men and women have masculine and feminine aspects within themselves so that's really weird this kind of progressivism is not reducing gender that much you can be totally normal and fall outside of the typical male or female. I saw that when I was a girl and I'd be playing house or something with my dolls, with my friends, and one or two boys, it wasn't normal, <laughs> like it wasn't typical, but it was still normal in the greater context like that one or two boys is okay, would want to play. And so what? That's fine. So <laughs> if I ever played like video games with my brothers or something, which happened sometimes, then does that mean I'm not a girl anymore? Or if I'm watching a character, usually I'd probably be reading a book and there's a guy who I really identify with, I can't be like, oh, I'm going to personify this person because I really admire these traits in them and they just happen to be a guy. Like it doesn't change the fact that I'm female. Like it doesn't change that. The third thing I wanted to conclude was that again, for adults, you can make the choices that you want as long as you don't force other people to conform to your worldview, like through the law, apart from being just treated as a human being, like the rights that most people are fighting for are just non-discrimination, not to be treated more special or have different rules, but just for the rules to be applied the same way to them. And then the final thing I would say is that longitudinal studies should be done and they will absolutely help and those studies don't really exist so it's good that this case brought so much attention that is going to be required now by u.s lawmakers so that's what i think about this case let me know what you think sorry i'm a bit tired uh in this video but i wanted to get it out uh, have a great day and i will talk to you soon goodbye I'm really tired and I took pills because I have a really bad headache. So <laughs> I'm gonna be half falling asleep while I'm making this video. 
that's okay because the point is that I will have made the video, which is the bigger issue. Not making the video. <sighs> so tired. I just thought of something very funny. When I was younger, I also did that, but it was because I wanted to be like um, Jesus of Nazareth because I was raised Christian and that's the way they would always portray them in some of the books that we had. Um, that's really funny. <laughs> I just remember that. I would like wrap a towel around my head and like try to wear some kind of robe-like thing so I would look like the, the I guess, how uh, Jews at that time used to dress back in the day. Um, that's a side note and I might take that out of it. <laughs>